Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Full Impact. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, the sophisticated Allison. Sophisticated, awesome. Yes, it's me. Yeah, I spent all day thinking about what um, what adjective I wanted to use. <laughs> ah. And that's what you landed on? That's, that's awesome. What, that's what I landed on for this time. Maybe I'll switch it up each time. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate it. That's that's a good one. All right. I thought so. So we are covering the second episode of Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, which is Unfamiliar Ceiling or The Beast, whichever you prefer. Both uh, applicable, but yeah. yes. I think I... I think I like Unfamiliar Ceiling. I think I prefer that one. I, I I do too. And it's funny because I had to go back and look at what the episode names were because usually I do it, but I was so like paying attention to the intro this time <laughs> <laughs> that I kind of forgot about it and I had to go back. And then when I saw that title, Unfamiliar Ceilings, it was it, it, it made a whole lot more sense. So yeah, it's it's a good title. I agree. All right, so let's hop hop right into it. Let's do it. Uh, so this one picks up right where um, the first one left off with Shinji in the entry plug of Ava Unit 1. And uh, we got Ritsuko and Misato telling him to just, like, think about walking, you know, try to take a step. And and he does. He takes a step. First and then he falls. <laughs> and then he falls. Which, <laughs> hey, that's human nature, right? We When we yeah. first start walking, we fall all the time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what else did you expect throwing a fourteen-year-old child into like a, you know, whatever two hundred foot robot and like be like, do it, <laughs> save <Yep>. us? <laughs> I just, I wonder what's, you know, you wonder what's going through his head. Like it, it just here we go now. Like, <laughs> and just so you know, too, uh, since we're here, uh, and last episode I mentioned that, uh, you know, I come up with nicknames for everyone. So when I was talking about Shinji inside of the Ava, I refer to them as the G unit. <laughs> J- because, J-I, right? Correct. Correct. J-I unit. Um, and because separately they have their individual names, but together they form G unit. So this is like the first time we see them together as one. The G unit. Yes, unit. Power, powerful duo they are. Yes, so, it's a rough beginning though. Let's let's. That's <laughs> for sure. So Shinji falls, um, and then the angel picks him up by the head, and like pulls his arms like buff out, like he just roided up real quick, and then like <laughs> he starts to like rip his arm, the Ava's arm, and you can visually visibly see that Shinji's like feeling the pain. Mm-hmm. That the Ava's feeling, which sucks. I mean, this kid's been in it for like thirty seconds, and <laughs> he's already right. fallen on his face, and now his arm's being torn off. <laughs> right, and like that's a, that's yet another thing. Like you know, did he didn't know that he would actually? I mean, I suppose it's kind of foreshadowing when we see Ray, but I mean, you don't really think that he's going to be physically harmed when this machine is being harmed so this is when we first see that yeah they're they really are enmeshed like whatever the the ava is feeling he's feeling too which i suppose is good and bad has its pros and cons yes but he is definitely getting lit up by (laughs) 
Yeah, <laughs> the for sure. His, his first time out of the gate is not a great showing. <laughs> no, they were all like, oh my gosh, Wonder Boys, he synced first time without a suit on, and now he's getting his ass kicked. <laughs> yep. Um, and so Ritsuko t- does some, she talks a little bit and says that um, the defense systems are not working and that there's no, f- the field's not raised, that he's not producing a field. At w- one point before we get into that, too, that I just want to mention, and it's just kind of a quick note, but they basically tell Shinji, like, just just work through the pain, man. Like, <laughs> it's it's not, it's, it's really no big deal. Like, they kind of downplay the fact that, like, his arm is being squished off. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, it, look, it, suck it up. <laughs> it, right, like, and he's actually feeling that pain, and, like, they're pretty much, like, basically telling him, oh, just, you know, brush it off it's it's really not happening to you well in his his world in his mind it is happening to him so mm-hmm. i just wanted to kind of make that point too yeah they're okay. like they're they're over and done with it like they're they're just like do it kid we got bigger stuff to deal with exactly so yeah she's not producing a field um which she's referring to a uh, an at field which is um it's actually one of the things that pops up in the intro song, except it's um, written out. Uh, AT stands for Absolute Terror, ah. which is dramatic. <laughs> it is. But just so you know, good to know. Um, but since he doesn't have a sh- uh, field up, he's pretty uh, vulnerable here. And so we get this shot of the angel, like, sh- almost struggling to like break his arm but eventually it like just like snaps that thing like a twig and we get this like shot of Jinji's face with his mouth open his eyes like wide <laughs> and like it reminds me I don't know if you've watched it but it makes me think of uh, the movie that they did for Between a Rock and a Hard Place have you watched that one with James Franco I don't think so but are you familiar with like the story? Yes, yes, yeah. So there's like the scene where he like is cutting through his arm, and he like gets to a nerve, mm, and like has to cut it, and like that's what it makes me think of because you can like that's the feeling I get when it cuts from the arm, like just like snapping and going limb to like Shinji's face. Yep. Yep. I, I and now that you mention it, that's the reason why I never watched that movie <laughs> <laughs> for for that reason. But yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a good comparison, and and got to be like, and again, like you have to keep in mind, like all of this is happening to this kid so quickly. Like this is nothing he's prepared for. This is nothing he's trained for. Like this is just like total rookie mission. And um, I and the fact that he's a kid, like I always kind of keep that in the back of my mind too as i'm watching some of these scenes yeah i mean probably the point between him being picked up by misato by the payphone to this is like gotta be like what no more than three hours at max right 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 so well, he's being like it, it's it's he's a lot is being thrown and i guess yeah we don't know how much time has elapsed but let's face it i mean not certainly not enough time for him to have wrapped his brain around this situation it, aside from having to get in and then man this thing like it, it, by his dad whom obviously there's a very uh complicated relationship there so yeah i like just i just keep that like all the stuff that's happening to like i try to keep that in the back of my mind yeah so 
he gets picked up after that, and we get this. We see that like Angel has like this beam that like goes out of its arm and like comes flying back in, almost like a piston type thing, mm-hmm. and like bashes the hell out of the Ava's head and busts its armor all up, which I think is really. I really like this Angel. This might be my second favorite out of them all. I think. Yeah, this is in, and this is where, like, I know that this is your kind of, like, this is your wheelhouse of stuff. Like, when all of these battle scenes are happening and, like, all of this stuff is happening, like, I know that that's something, like, you know, that you get really excited about. And it's cool. Like, it's just, they are cool. And, like, the way it's shot and the art and even the stills. Like, if you just, if you, when you watch it, if you ever just pause it at one scene, the artwork and, and some of the detail in it is really cool. Yeah, especially for the the fight scenes. That's like when they go for their like, you know, as much money as they can spend, which is not much. They spend it on the fight scenes. <laughs> yeah, right. And and worth it. And and it's what people want to see. Right. So he gets thrown up against the wall. He's got this like blood splatter going out of both sides of the Ava's head, like a hose, like when you put your thumb down on a hose, you know, and it's like <laughs> spurts out, spraying everywhere. <laughs> Uh, and then we cut to Shinji in the hospital. Yeah, like abruptly, like yeah, crazily. We're like, well, what happened? Yeah, like that. It was a lot happening, and it was a very dire situation. And then all of a sudden, here we are. And what do we hear in the background? <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. I wrote down, is it because it doesn't sound like the cicadas, but it sounds like something. Is it bugs? It's, it's the humming the of. I think it's supposed to be the humming of his surroundings like the like the things that are happening i i, I don't know i i honestly don't know that it's, it's like the gloves question from from last episode what is the noise man <laughs> Clear i want to say it's like a birds or something i don't know it, it, well whatever it is you know if if you know the answer you know our email um <laughs> Please send us your thoughts or if you know the answer to that question. But it, it's it's like the same sound, but in different used in different ways. And that's something that like through this episode, I, I I was paying a lot of attention to the music for some reason. And we'll get into it as we go through the scenes. But, yeah, it's very abrupt that we we shoot to Shin, Shinji. And, and again, he's alone, like just there by himself. Yeah, it's like a cliffhanger, but not like, you know, he's OK, but. You want to know how he gets there. Right. What happened from then to now. Right. So he's in the hospital. He, like, sits up. And then he just, like, lays back down. And he says, I don't know this ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like, ever since this is, like, a recurring theme, but when I go to new places, that's, like, what I think of now. When I, like, sleep in a bed that's not mine. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm like, hmm, a new ceiling. <laughs> it's not home. Yes, and all the different things that you project on that ceiling and wherever it may be, you know, and and you are. That's and that's the last thing that you see before you're sleeping and or when you wake up. And so it's a significant image in your mind so yeah and then you then this kind of makes you question that so yeah and i like i've never really like blacked out or passed out or like had time pass where like i don't remember what happened but i imagine waking up in an unfamiliar place is probably you know i I don't really 
I'm not familiar I, with I those can, I can I can vouch for the fact that it is incredibly terrifying <laughs> to wake up, um, you know, and you don't know where your surroundings are, even if it's for like a quick second. Uh, it's it's very jarring, and it's and, and and like a lot of images form, and and you just you wonder like and, until you finally get your bearings, and I think that's kind of he doesn't he doesn't seem to be like jarred by it though, you know, like that he in a different place especially like in a hospital room like I feel like if I woke up in a hospital room I would have like <laughs> shut yeah. up like a dart you know like where am I like asking a bunch of questions but it doesn't seem like he is affected like that you know no he just know. seems like genuinely like he's like huh yeah. I don't know this feeling <laughs> Right, as if to say, like, is is this something he must question this a lot? And like, you know, it, has he seen a lot of ceilings in his life? Yeah. Like, it, that's that's kind of the question you wonder. So after that, we get the title card for um, the Japanese title, and then we um, get this scene. We go to the is is that what they say on that screen? Is, I think so. Is the I'm title. not like. I'm not 100%. I'm like 99% sure. That's okay. what it is. And then we get the English one later on. Right. Um, so we go to like, it's like the cleanup site of where the battle was. And we have, they're like lifting up the, the crane has unit one's head or it's uh, like helmet mm-hmm. armor. Spike-ish. Thing. Mm-hmm. Just real quick. And then we cut to this spooky... Black. Rubik's QB. <laughs> Rubik's QB, yeah, like Pac-Man colored <laughs> committee meeting going on. Yes. <laughs> I will say, and here's where I'm going to kick off my, my theme for this episode. Like, it kind of is a throwback to a lot of, like, 80s cartoons. If you were around during that time, you, you'll you know what I'm talking about. But um, a lot of <laughs> this reminds me of those. And, you know, because it was made in the mid-90s, I think there was a lot of influence in that, or at least it seems that way to me. Um, and it's just, I don't know, when I see it, it just kind of brings me back to being a kid watching cartoons. <laughs> Especially the Rubik's Cube and- type scene the root was cute yeah yeah i think it was just funny they're like we need to make this look ominous but we can't spend that much money on it so we're just gonna make it black and we'll put some colors in there yeah maybe, well maybe some geometric shapes job well done fellas yeah and ladies so yeah so we get this uh meeting amongst these strange people and they're talking about the angels and they say they've returned and it's all too sudden or they came too soon Mm-hmm. Which I think is good to think about because I think it's important to note that they seem to have expected the angels to come or return, but it's just happening sooner than they would have liked or expected. Right, and I think we might have mentioned this in one of uh, in our last episode, or possibly the first that um, that the last time that they had been seen was fifteen years before that, right? Yeah, yeah, in two thousand. And like, so in that scene, like, I kind of call them like the bad guys club because they just seem very like schemy and <laughs> like there's just not a, 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 a very good vibe, you know, it's yeah. kind of like that, um, like governmenty type um, everything. And they're, they're talking about disinformation. And I think that's important to point out, too, because that's like kind of an underlying theme in, in life, you know, like what what's the information that's being given to us and what's really happening you know yeah and i think what it makes me think about is like 
I wonder what how things would have changed if the Angels had come later on. Like, would they plan on like Ray being their main pilot? Like, were they planning on bringing in Shinji eventually, but like giving him more formal training? Right. You know, like this is, seems like kind of sp- not sprung on them because they were preparing for it, but. But like, I don't I'm, know that they knew the gravity. Yeah, like how would things have been different if they had more time before they showed right. up? But also, we do know that they do evolve. So, you know, after 15 years, lots of things could have happened on their end to make them, you know, kind of come back with a vengeance, you know? So that's... And, and like, Gloves gloves is, like, a part of this group, though, correct? Yeah. Like, he's he's on board with the, with all of this. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with it. He's, he's, he's part of the bad guys club. Or at least he appears to be. Correct. Correct. Um, and I think it was more um, prevalent in either the original um, voice casting or the voice actors, um, but in the dub, at least the Netflix dub, you can't really tell. But each member is supposed to be representing a different country. Or oh, really? Nation. Yeah. So the one with the cool-looking Power Rangers visor, he's supposed to be... Um, from Germany or representing Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, the yellow one, I think he has like the real pointy nose and like the glasses. He's supposed mm-hmm. to be from France. I was just going to guess that. <laughs> the blue, <laughs> the blue one is supposed to be Russia. Uh-huh. USA green and the United Kingdom red. And then really? we have that though. Really okay. Guess. So, Great facts. So, yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought that was interesting. Definitely. Good to know. The green, I was just looking at him now, the USA guy, he's just like this grumpy looking man with a large mustache, very bushy mustache and like half circle glasses. <laughs> Does he have a, a pot belly and a bag of McDonald's chilling at his station or? <laughs> not. I don't know if we can zoom in that far. But yeah, so they talk about doing a disinformation campaign. Uh, they said that nerves work. Or nerfs work must be carried out both properly and quickly. So eminent danger. Yeah, and Gendo's like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm on it. Like, leave me be. I got this handled. Yeah, he seems very confident. You know, like just all in on this project. Like he doesn't hesitate at all. Like, and you know, we don't know if if this was if Shinji is Plan B, which is what he seems. Maybe he knew all along this was going to happen. Like we don't really know, but it just seems like he's things are are falling into place for him, and like he's you know got no issues with you know the bad guys club, and like yeah, I'm all on board. So it's 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 interesting. Yeah, and I think well then after that we we have Misato flipping through the television of like the news. Yeah. And she says something about that the uh public affairs office will like finally have something to do. Right. <laughs> and I think it's funny cuz I just imagine them like doing absolutely nothing for like at least the past 15 years. Yep. Yep. Like in a, in a little cave somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, their like beards are grown on. Everything's dusty. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, the phone rings. Uh, from here on out, I'm going to start referring to her as Miss M uh, for Misato. I believe she deserves that title. Um, 
I don't know because she's just she's got a lot of a lot of different levels, and so Miss M. That's that's her. That's her name. Yep. She's the best. She is, and she's like she she sees what they're they're talking about, and and she's like just just lies on lies, and and kind of like questioning the authority that she's working under, because essentially these guys are her superiors, correct? Uh, well, yeah, well, right, kind of, or at least Gendo. Gendo is. I mean, we we know that we don't really know sure. anything about this committee. At least we don't really know what they're about, uh, right? Their name, their purposes. Right, but it's pretty pretty clear that Gendo is the the <laughs> mastermind behind this this clan, and like so for her to to say that, I think is it shows kind of like her questioning of authority and and her the way she thinks. Kinda. And it's I don't know if it's worth noting or not, but I don't think Ritsuko because Ritsuko's right next to her, but she doesn't say anything. Yeah. She yeah. just kind of keeps doing her thing. Yeah, Labco is like, like she's she's got one mission and one mission only, and and I've said this before. I mean, she definitely has a dedication that's that's admirable, but sometimes you're like, just chill out, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. And then we go back to the committee after that, and they're talking about. Um, they're saying, you know, maybe Nerve needs better management, talking to Gendo. And they mm-hmm. say that, you know, Ava Zero needs repairs, and now uh, Unit 1 also needs repairs, and that uh, the money to do that is enough to bankrupt a country. Wow. And so, I mean, you, you had to wonder, like, where are they getting these funds from? <laughs> it's an excellent question. <laughs> uh, uh, where do you think they're getting it from? Well, I think, and I haven't um, confirmed this, but I have a fairly strong, beyond reasonable doubt, to say that following um, what happened in 2000, uh, the UN, like United Nations, kind of scrambled together and became more of like a actual functioning like world government almost type thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they have more more power than uh, what we in the real world like know them to have. Mm-hmm. And so if you know, seeing as nervous like not just protecting uh, Japan, but like the whole world, uh, that they would have the backing by the UN for that. Got it. So, and I know that you know they they see like an eminent danger to humanity. Like that's that's something that they talk about too, right? Like that 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 they believe that this is this is absolutely necessary. And so, like like this committee that you're talking about could have like put set aside funds that would fund projects like this that are kind of out of the box if something like this ever happens. Yeah. I mean, you think like whatever the u.s spends like trillions on our military like imagine that mindset but like countries all around the world focusing on a single you know army or goal yeah exactly so i mean if they had all them going for it i'm sure they'd have the money for it but they do talk about how you know it takes time and money and people and that him gendo and his son seem to have an insatiable appetite for that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because they do mention the fact that it's his kid too. So not only yeah. now are we funding your project, but now your kid's involved. I know. Too. Like You're spending all our money. Them. Seriously. Yeah, what is this? What is this like a I don't know. So, so not only are you the bad guys club, but now you're <laughs> 
here also the nepotism bad boy. Yeah, this club. isn't the family restaurant. Can you just give it to your kid? <laughs> you got to earn it. You got to work for it. Like Ray, poor thing, rolling out on, on a on a gurney. Yeah. What's she getting paid? <laughs> and I was like, you guys are getting paid? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a kick in the teeth? <laughs> but then they mention that they mentioned the human instrumentality project and they say that it is your top priority mm-hmm. and that is the project is the only glimmer of light in this desperate situation mm-hmm. and following that uh they say that it can't be delayed you know timetable is set in stone sort of thing due to the angel arriving and they're like, oh, we'll consider your budget. We'll think about it. Like mom, asking mom for like more allowance. We're like, hmm, maybe. Let me talk it over with your father. Yeah. <laughs> and then they... The uh, old brush off. They dismiss Gendo after that. And I think for those listening, it's... Especially if this is your first time listening or watching the show, the human instrumentality crisis. I'm like surprised that it gets mentioned this early on. I thought it was later, but this is a big thing to really start thinking about and looking for clues to to like figure out, you know, put pieces together as the show goes on. Yeah. This is actually written down in my notes um, as something to bring up to you as far as how much we want to really talk about it. But I, I, at the very least wanted to point out that it is something that, that does get mentioned number one earlier on than I would have thought too. Um, And it's one of those kind of factoids that jumps out at you that you don't really like you hear it, but you don't really think about it so definitely yeah. keep that in the back of your mind as these episodes continue because it is it is something that is going to become way more clear later on yes the human instrumentality project and it's not the process through which we turn people into violins or trumpets <laughs> although that would be kind of cool disney get on that pixar yeah. there's a movie for you, you could... <laughs> it's a good script <laughs> yeah and so then uh Visor dude, he's like, there's no turning back. And Gendo's like, I freaking know. It's like, I'm well aware. Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. off my back. <laughs> if, if Gendo's one thing, he's cool as a cucumber, man. He doesn't seem to be phased by a lot. He seems to really know what's happening before it happens, almost. And that's kind of terrifying if you want to really think about it. Yeah, he's like, whatever. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, then we go shoot to Chinji in the hospital again. He's like having this like little emo music video shoot where he's like staring out the window like dramatically. Yeah, these scenes kind of linger a little bit. You can tell they're like filler time, but I think again, it it may be an artistic point to make that, you know, Shinji is alone and and he feels alone in the world and that's kind of been his existence. And so a lot of the these stills and like things that are happening like that's kind of what I one of the, yeah, and I don't know I if that was de- deliberate or not, but it is something that has been a theme from the beginning, you know, like he he doesn't you know, we don't really know his backstory. All we know is that his father kind of ditched him and <laughs> he's yeah. getting into some rando's car. Like, and he's obviously a place for him. Right, right. And he doesn't know what he's doing, where he, he has is. no friends. Like, yeah, no, no family here. Right, right. He's just alone. And, and I think, and some of the time I was like, okay, enough with this scene. Like, <laughs> 
like, why are we lingering here? But then, you know, watching it again and like thinking more in depth about it, like maybe it is a representation of like where he is at this point in his life. Like he just feels very alone and, and, but a lot of things are happening around him that he's not used to. Um, and so it's very jarring and it's, it's a lot, you know, it's not just like, you know, going to a new school. I mean, this is like, you're protecting humanity. Yeah. (laughs) And he woke up in a hospital and no one's there. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. That's also a good point. Like how sad would that be? Like, you don't want to be left somewhere by yourself. Totally. But he wasn't really expecting anyone to be there. And I think that's the other point. Like he's lived his life expecting no one to be there, which is kind of sad if you think about it. Yeah. And then they, uh, they wheel Ray by on a gurney and she just like stares him down. <laughs> you too, huh, man? I love it. She's just like, oh, hey, don't mind me. Just a normal Tuesday for me. <laughs> I see you're not as badly damaged as I am. Yeah. <laughs> what they, they give you, they didn't give me. <laughs> um, and then we go to, uh, we're back with Misato and Ritsuko in the, uh, in the car, and Misato is talking about the wonderful miracle that uh, air conditioning is. And she is absolutely correct about that statement. Yes. I can never agree with her more. <laughs> it is a luxury that that we definitely take for granted. And if you don't have it, I I I'm sorry. <laughs> and then Ritz goes like business. She's like Shinji's back up, and they talk about his state a little bit. And Misato's like, was there? Psychological contamination. Mm-hmm. Which another is another like, not, yeah, it's not something too that's like huge, but it's a uh, term that will be used again. And I, like, I, it's another thing that I didn't think popped up so early. Mm-hmm. But you got to infer what that means, and like, you have to think about, oh well, yeah. I mean, this thing was connected to him. They were they were moving his one G unit, like. What did that do to them when they detached? Like, you know, but apparently nobody really other than Miss M thinks about that. <laughs> At least not that we've seen so far. Yeah. And Risco says that his cranial nerves took a lot of strain. Because he did get blown in the head pretty good. That's true. And he felt that, oh, my God, I can't imagine the headache he must have had. Yeah, that was a banger, I bet. Ouch. Um, and then we go back to Shinji again, and I wanted to ask you about this scene because it looks like I'm assuming he's still in the hospital, okay. um, but it looks like he's in a chapel. Would you mm-hmm. agree? I would and, agree with that. Yes. And it makes me think that I don't remember there being any other like overt uh, references to religion in the show, like straight up other Definitely. than this chapel. Not so far and definitely not this overtly, no. Um, but in most hospitals, you do find a chapel. Um, you know, it depends on the hospital that you're in, uh, uh, you know, but uh, yeah. there, there usually is one. So it wouldn't be unusual, but it's definitely the o- most overt religious reference we've seen. But given the cross-shaped explosions and that the fact that they call them angels and whatnot, I was curious what the relationship would be if... Christianity was a real thing in this world. Uh, it's a very good possibility. This could be just another way. And like that's 
that's the thing about religion is that it can take you in so many different directions. And depending on who you are, you can interpret it in so many different ways. And so in essence, this could be someone's interpretation of what, you know, Catholicism or, or some parts of Christianity represent, um, which is interesting and cool and something that for someone like me who, you know, was taught the Bible and I went to a Catholic school. And so a lot of those fundamentals I, I know, and I see the similarities, but if you didn't know those things, which I know a lot of people do not, um, you, you ne wouldn't necessarily see the similarities, but there are a lot um, in language in um, symbolism. Uh, there are a lot, I mean, it, it differs in some ways, but there, there are a lot of parallels here for sure. Yeah. So and then right before we move to the next scene, we have a quick thing of Shinji staring at his arm, which I'm assuming he's staring at because it it's the one that got snapped in the mm -hmm. Ava's arm got snapped. And I don't know. What do you think he's thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't mean this to spring that on you, but like, I don't I don't know. I, I don't either. Um, the fact that it's like still attached, you mean? I guess I uh, maybe I guess I think that he's thinking like, why? isn't my arm broken? Because obviously he felt like it was broken when it happened when he was in the Ava, but now he's looking at it and it's completely fine. And I think he's very confused by that fact. Right. Also, he did get a laser beam through the dome. And <laughs> he, you know what I mean? Like, and and also uh, kind of when they, when they pass each other in the hallway there and, um, it, you know, she's all banged up. And, and again, we don't know like how that happens, but he seems to be relatively okay considering what we saw happen to that thing. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's got to be thinking like, why, why, why am I okay? Even though I felt all those things and I'm, I'm like remembering them. Why did, why did I not get as banged up as, as her, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's gotta be very jarring. Yeah. Um, and then we go to, we're back with Misato and Ritsuko again. And, I have like it's little construction going on. They're building uh, like it said guided munitions building, mm -hmm. and Misato says something about maybe once the city's up and running and the like Avers are fully functional, that maybe we'll have a shot. Which makes me want to go back to the committee talking about how the angels came too soon, and it makes me wonder what the state of the Avers, Avers, and the city would be if they had as much time as they wanted. Hmm. Like, had they had more time, would they have been more prepared? Yeah, because they're still building, you know, this munitions building. Mm -hmm. And obviously we're putting together that this city is, like, built as, like, a defensive fortress of type, type mm -hmm. thing. And so I'm wondering, you know, if they had as much time and money as they wanted, like, whoa, how much, how would, would they have fared better than they do? It's it's tough to say. I mean, you know, that that could be said for any, you know, unique project that you start, you know, if if we knew it worked, 
100% then there'd be no question but you nothing is is that certain so you know and, and especially if it's a it's an organization like the the UN type of situation they have to think that they're not the only project out there you know I mean this is the only one that we're following but there could be 10 other different ways of, of trying to to go about this this just happens to be one project so until you have like a hundred percent you know you know that this thing is going to work a hundred percent you're you're never going to be able to get as much money and time as you need you know what i mean yeah and i think that's actually that that very specific um idea that there could be other projects or ways of dealing with this um gets addressed in uh, an episode not too far from now but it'll be good Mm -hmm. to uh to go back to that when we when we get there just bringing it up no spoilers or anything yeah, just yeah, saying no, you know no, it'll be good because then when we get there we'll be like oh remember an episode two when you mm-hmm. said <laughs> <laughs> so sophisticated <laughs> living up to the hype so then misato comes and gets shinji and they're i don't know if it's them leaving the hospital or I don't know where they are, but they come across, they're at an elevator and the doors open and it's just Gendo there. And he just fucking stares down his son with laser beam eyes. Seriously, it's like one of the most awkward moments. Like, you know how sometimes like you're like <laughs> running toward the elevator to catch it and somebody's just standing there watching you? <laughs> this is kind of what that reminded me of. He's like, no reaction, stone cold, mm-hmm. sees his kid after seeing what he went through and zero emotion. Serious, like in his head, like I don't know what he's thinking. He's staring him down. He's got a frown, and I just in his head, I'm thinking he sees the doors open. He sees you, and he's like, "Sup, little bitch." (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. Done. Like no, no words. No, no, nothing. Like how would yeah? You got to think like how does that make him feel? That must make him feel like just. I, I don't know. It, I guess it depends on where you're coming from. Like, for me, I would have been like, I'm going to learn how to use this thing and squeeze your arm off. <laughs> but there's other people that are like, you know what? This sucks. Like, my own dad doesn't care. Like, and, and there's a part of me that would, too. But I guess it's that, like, struggle, fight or flight kind of thing, you know? And But it's got to be damaging to see your dad, like, just basically totally blow you off after a really traumatic ordeal. Yeah, I wonder if, I mean, I don't know if I believe this, but I wonder if he's looking like in that almost like he's disappointed in him, like that he fell, you know, and couldn't do it himself. I'm not sure, but he just doesn't blink, stares him down. Shinji looks at him for a bit and, you know, we have this, it's like the same angle almost as the first episode when he's on the like balcony thing and they're in front of unit one, you know, Mm -hmm. he's like looking down on him. Mm-hmm. And Shinji looks down to the ground and looks away, and then the doors close. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important. I don't know. Like Misato is there too, and she doesn't say anything. She doesn't move. You know, I can't imagine the secondhand like embarrassment or like awkwardness that she must be feeling right there, or like not or sympathy for Shinji. I'm sure both of those things. And I mean, like, yeah, if you're if you're a third party watching that, a lot of things have got to be going through your head. Like, first of all, awkward. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that's at least how I would feel. I probably would have started talking just so that, you know, to break the uncomfortableness. But then on the other hand, you know, he is the, the head dog, you know, and, and she does report to him and this is his project. And there has to be some level of respect 
for him in that capacity as she's standing there, even though she may have sympathy for Shinji and, and feel bad and uncomfortable in this situation. Like you have to also consider that she does have a job and, and, a, and a certain way that she has to present herself to him, especially if she wants to keep the position that she has, which is, is pretty important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's in. She'd be in a little a pickle right there. That's right. I mean, if she started, you know, if she was like, "Hey, dude, aren't you even going to say?" You know, like that could potentially jeopardize her involvement. And this is like super early on. I mean, she just met this kid. This this whole thing is just is being thrown at everybody. So, I mean, I, I don't know that I like I said, if it were me, like I would have just totally started a conversation <laughs> to break the ice, but. That might have been what she was thinking by not reacting. Like, maybe I should just let this happen. And I don't want to jeopardize my position, even though this kid is obviously getting the raw end of this deal. Like, maybe I can do something. Yeah. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. But then we get, uh, I think it's Fiyutsuki, a.k.a. number two. He's Mm -hmm. talking over and they're talking about um, Shinji's living arrangements. Yeah. And basically says that it's normal it would be normal in the akari family for shinji and gendo to live separately and it, it seems very um peculiar to misato mm-hmm. it is peculiar i didn't know if that was a cultural thing or if that's just a family thing that he was making the point of saying that like this particular family this is how they live or is this like their culture i think it's this particular family got it okay I th- I think that Gendo isn't uncharacteristic of maybe certain uh, Japanese father stereotypes, and that he's very distant and uninvolved and very work um, centered. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that it's a like trope for uh, father and son to live separately, especially. You know, Shinji's only 14. Right. And so I guess that's why he makes a point of saying that that this is in the Akaro family. That's that's how it is. So maybe, like he makes that point, not because it's a cultural thing. It's because it's specific to this family. Right. And so and Shinji says that he's fine living alone. And look on Misato's face when he says that she's like, Mm-mm, I ain't mm-hmm. having it. I am bringing this kid home with me. And Risco is not having it. Yeah. Yeah. And you wonder why, like why, why her pushback? Like, because that would be the first thing I would think of too. Like, I don't want this kid to live by himself. Like that's horrible. Like I, I, and, yeah. and I don't she, know. Maybe. She does like uh, Miss Amon Reeds go, uh, you know, talk in the car and she's like worried about sh- not just Shinzi's physical well-being and his ability to carry out this mission, but his like psychological well-being and his heart. I think she even like says that at one point. Yeah. So, she's really trying to um you know and and being isolated and not having a support system like that's especially for a kid with this insurmountable task at his feet she needs to to give him some support and so i think she feels like the only way she can do that is just to room up with him and you know i i think i would have probably done the same thing in this situation i would have felt terrible that he was alone but he seemed cool with it you know and i guess that goes back to the whole theme of of his aloneness yeah and I think it's funny. Or maybe maybe Risco had a problem because it was like such a big um, undertaking, a lot of responsibility. And she thought that maybe Misato wasn't prepared for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's also a possibility. It's it's it, there's could there could be a lot of things. Plus, she's she's you know a stick in the mud. She's very pragmatic and by the book, and that just seems probably like an inappropriate because he's he's to everybody else he just seems like this like lab rat, you know. But mm-hmm. to her, he's actually a human being, and and so I think she's just kind of like chalking it up to why why would you want to like bring yourself down to his level you're you're in charge here he's just one of our our kids so i i think maybe that part that could be as well yeah for sure you know for maybe the top science you know he's just a spare pilot you know just like endo said yep yep and then I love how Misa was like, don't worry, I won't mess around with the kid. And Misa was like, why would you even say that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she plays it off well, though. She's she's like, yeah. it was just a joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so funny, though. <laughs> Although if we flash back to how she initially, you know, reeled him in, the, the question wasn't totally out of left field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, okay. Um, and then we get them in the car, and I like put a little heart in my notes because there says Misao says that they're going to get stuff to celebrate, and he's like, "Celebrate what?" He's like, "You know, my my new roomie." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Ah, it's, it's so cute." Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I think it's so funny that she brings them to like a 24 hour like convenience mart type thing <laughs> <laughs> for the <this> food. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, off the jump, you gotta you gotta figure that Miss M. She's 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 a lot. She's she's a lot. I mean, look at her car. It's like pieced together with like masking tape and stuff. Like, That's true. <laughs> she's still got thirty three payments left. <laughs> yeah, like it, and I I don't know. Like it, I can relate to her in a lot of ways. I guess maybe that's why I like her character. But like, I drove around my Civic for years with no car radio in it. <laughs> So, so like I see her and like, but she's, she's got a, a, like a very high ranking job and a lot of like, you know, responsibility on her plate, but yet her personal life is a bit in disarray, but you know, sometimes you focus on other things and things get left behind. So, but yeah, she doesn't um, go to grocery stores. She goes to whatever. Yeah. Goes. And then like, <laughs> she must be so busy with work. I imagine she, you know, she doesn't cook very much, you know? Right. And and the state of what things are, there's probably not a lot of options for people at this point, you know. But she's got like cans, she's got microwave meals, looks like a cup of soup, some beef jerky, lots of beer. Looks like a good time. Yeah. Yeah. She looks like a good time. And then we get... Sorry, she pays for it. She pays for it all too, which is pretty sweet for a roommate. <laughs> I mean, I should hope so. I mean, yeah. I, I would hope she's making good money here, but who knows? Yeah, you never know. Um, but we get, we hear people talking in the background, just civilians talking about uh, about moving and that it's not safe anymore, mm-hmm. and they can't count on the city to protect them. Mm-hmm. And I think this is important because I think it gives not an idea of this population of the city or how busy it is but the fact that there are people living there but now they're you know talk is going around that maybe it's not safe for them to be there and they should move mm-hmm. yeah that's got to be incredibly scary to have that kind of threat 
and and to have to make that decision you know i mean at what point at, at what point do you leave and at what point is it not safe and how much you know faith do you have in these programs that are put in place that uh, that it's going to protect you like it's got to be difficult for for the people that are living there to to weigh that option i mean that's your home that's where you live it's where your family is like do, what what's what would be a threat that would make you want to leave mhm it makes me think of almost like People who live in places that get really bad weather, you know, like yearly Natural almost disasters. Like, yeah, like tornadoes yeah. and hurricanes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And one of the civilians says, I get chills thinking about what happened yesterday. And as she says that, Shinji like squints his eyes like ever so slightly, mm-hmm. um, almost like disapproving. And I wonder. And then we also see that, like, we have a shot of Misato as though she's, like, also hearing what's going on. And I wonder if she doesn't notice that Shinji is listening. Oh, she notices. She definitely notices. I think she's always, even though we may not see it, I think she's always got one eye focused on him. Like, and what his reaction is. Because, I mean, she's made it clear that not only, I mean, she's she's worried about the kid and she's trying to look out for him. And so what he's hearing, you know, it's, got, it's, it's a blow to him and she wants to see how he reacts, I think. So I think, I think no matter what, even if we're not like seeing it on screen, I think that she's always got an eye on what he's doing. Yeah. And I mean, he was tasked, he said he was put in the Ava and said, you know, save the city. And the last thing he remembers is getting his head busted in. Mm -hmm. And so for people to be walking by being like, you know, I don't feel safe anymore. I get chills. But what happened? You say, I can't. You know, he must feel so, you know, like disappointed in himself. Or like, cr- like cringy, like that was yeah. kind of that face, like, like, ooh, I really did that, like, uh, you know, and, and it was for the greater good, but at the same time, when something comes, like, <laughs> destroying everything around it, even though it is for the greater good, allegedly, it, it's still going to put a lot of fear into people. So, yeah, it is kind of cringeworthy for him to hear that. And, like, and is that going to affect his future there? Yeah. I don't know. But I think I I agree. I think she definitely notices, and I think that's why she wants to take takes him to the Overlook afterwards mm-hmm. to look at the city. Mm-hmm. You know, to remind him that like he did save the city, even though you know these people are talking about how they're scared. Yep, they're just people people talking and not everybody knows what the bigger plan is and some people do and some people don't and but you have to think like get in the mind of this kid and and he's so conflicted anyway you can just see the struggle on his little anime face (laughs) 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 so and and is and and i think it's it's a lot for someone anyone to take in what he did and even though it was a good thing it may not have had the best results you know i mean in in the in the grand scheme of things so it's it's a lot for him it's a lot yeah yeah so but he did yeah and i mean it's it's very cool to see the city um rise from the ground for the first time yeah it is pretty dope um you know and i like the i love the locks that go into the building itself they mm-hmm. like i think those are so cool and I, there's like these weird they're like rounded towers you know mm-hmm. and i wonder like what those are for 
but they're cool looking. Yeah, you wonder what any of it is, but when it's happening, you're like, wow. And the background, again, it's one of those things where, like, if you do have the opportunity, like, pause it at certain scenes or just, like, kind of just watch those still frames and pay attention to the artwork and, you know, the, the especially the sky detail and the, the sunset at that point. Like, it's really, it's really realistic and really cool. Yeah, for sure. And then we have them. We uh, we go to the apartment, <laughs> and you know, Misato's like, "Oh, your stuff's already here." And she's like, she walks in, and he he doesn't. He stops at the door. You know, he's hesitant to go over that threshold. And he's like, you know, she's like, you know, this is this is your home. Mm-hmm. And I love this shot. It's like on the door frame you can like see the bottom of the door frame in the side mm-hmm. of it and you see Shinji's feet and you just see him like cross over one step um you know and he's blushing and he's like I'm home but he's like stutters Lisa you know he doesn't mm-hmm. say it very confidently almost like he's just saying it to make Misato feel better mm-hmm. well I think it's a, it's, a, it's a big step for him like and it's <laughs> he's never felt anyone want him in their space before. Like it, it, it at least that we know of. And it kind of reminded me, like I always used to, when I was a kid, I used to be terrified of escalators. Like I just, I wouldn't go on them. It was just like it's this thing that I had for a long time. I was, you know, kind of disturbingly old <laughs> to have this fear. I mean, I won't say how old, but I remember, you know, my grandma just said to me one day, she's like, just put one foot on there. Ellie. just put one foot so i did and, and i put my one foot and she goes no let go and i let go oh and it was fine and ever since then i've had no problem with escalators but the same thing like it's just that first step of taking on something and i think it's not just him living with her being in her space but like this is a whole new life that he's taking on mm-hmm. and it's it's like a big a big step and a very little step definitely and i don't know why i get so obsessed <laughs> with this but the shots of their balcony always get me because mm-hmm. it just reminds me that like there's not a lot of people living here right like, at least from this shot theirs is the only one furnished with anything mm-hmm. and the only so, light on yeah so we can guess almost that like at least from what we see there's no other people living in that side of the apartment building mm-hmm. just them yep which makes me wonder like how do you pick <laughs> where to go if you have all this to choose you know you're just like um <laughs> third floor up seven across <laughs> <laughs> or do you like go into everyone and you're like up oh, the vibe in here i'm just not feeling it we need to go yeah, to another vibe check did not pass i also will not do uh any odd numbered floors it has to be an even numbered floor <laughs> there could be a lot of things that that make you pick or that's just the one you were assigned you never know yeah. So, and she says, you know, it's a little messy. And she also says that, uh, what, she is kind of moving here too. Like she hasn't been here yeah. very long either. Yeah. She implies that she hasn't been there very long and that just, you know, to pardon that like unpacky type mess that you have when you first move into someplace. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. it's, it's makes me think of, uh, the first episode when she gets lost in there from like can't find her way through, you know, mm-hmm. so, like she really hasn't been there very long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she says, you know, it's a little messy. And Ginny's like, a little? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks like a bomb went off in that place. <laughs> yeah. She's just got beer cans all over the place, and she's got a bunch of, like, liquor bottles. And it makes you wonder, you know, does she have, like, an alcohol 
problem, perhaps? It's, or she just like to have a good time. Who knows? It's a possibility, although I know as they're getting through, she does mention, you know, this is what she does all day. She just works. She, you know, this is the project they've been working on. This is something they've been preparing for. So she works and she goes to this joint and like not a lot of people are there. So it's not like she's having a whole lot of like company over or people staying with her. So, you know, why clean up, I guess, is the way she looks at it. And, you know, that could be an accumulation of months worth of, you know, her being there. I don't know if it's an indication that she does, although it is a hefty amount. <laughs> it could be like just over time, just showing like that she's never really had anybody else in her space to consider, you know, and she just that's just how she lives and she doesn't see until Shinji gets there that it could potentially be a problem. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm mm-hmm. I ain't having this. She, right. He puts the groceries away and she's like, ice, snacks. Beer. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> the three food groups. Yeah. For a, you know, food pyramid. There you go. Um, All your bases are covered. And she has, she drinks this beer called uh, Yebisu. And I guess it's a real beer brand in Japan. Oh, interesting. And that it, um, I guess someone, they like said like, oh, we're not going to do free marketing for this beer brand. So then they changed it to like Yebichu, like a clear, like like a mock-off. Um, and then like later on through legal things, they like switched it back for like releases. So now it's back to being Yebisu. Hmm. But it's interesting that it is indeed a real beer brand. Helpful little tip. Good to know. Yeah, little little background info. Japan. Hmm. So when you're in Japan, is that the kind of beer you're going to get? I don't know. I, if I ever go to <laughs> Japan, I'll certainly let you know. <laughs> awesome. Because the first time I went to Ireland, I had a Guinness. I mean, everybody looked at me like I was crazy and a tourist. But, you know, when you're there, when in Rome, right? Yeah. So and then we go to like the classic Misato shop where she just like chugs this beer and we get like the nice like Misato theme play. <laughs> Okay, again, I got to I got to chime in here with um, the music. That was one of the things when I first watched this that struck me. Again, we're kind of getting like an 80s influence, like sitcom, you know, like the family's all about to sit down for dinner, except it's this huge mess with this girl chugging beer with this kid she barely knows. So Mm -hmm. it's like it's, it's a weird like mashup but it works for some reason and i just i think it's cute and i love it <laughs> it's very cute i mean anything misada does is cute she really can't do any wrong i agree i agree you know she's rocking these like short jean shorts and this yellow shirt and she's just like oh aren't you hungry you're not really eating my really fancy microwave food that i bought you <laughs> yeah right which doesn't look all that appetizing for what i remember but yeah and she did she she put some work in there that's for sure yeah and she is very offended when he's like oh, i don't really eat this stuff <laughs> <laughs> i would have been like why didn't you say anything at the store kid <laughs> speak up yeah <laughs> And then we get a couple like fan server shots because, of course, this is anime. Got to have them in there. Yeah. Um, and then we have like a, they build like a beer pyramid, it looks like. And then they divvy up the chores mm-hmm. via um, rock, paper, scissors. And I think it's it doesn't translate it for um, on Netflix. I don't know if it does elsewhere. But if you look at the chore calendar, the ones with the circles and the three horizontal lines, mm-hmm. 
those are Misato's, and all the rest are Shinji. <laughs> okay, I have a still frame of it now, and that is totally unfair. <laughs> so, yeah, she, like, put everything on Shinji, and she's like, oh, they're all divvied up fair and square. <laughs> and there are days where she only does one thing the whole day. <laughs> he yeah. like does everything else. She's like, I'll sweep in. You take out the garbage, pop, wipe down everything, uh, cook dinner. <laughs> well, in all fairness, he was moving into her joint. So, you know, there is there is some trade there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he does call her ma'am, you know, even though that's, she insists. That's true. That- and I uh, I don't know if it's meant, it's not a spoiler or anything, but Misato um, was 29, in case anyone wants to know. Oh, okay. So she's not old enough to be called a ma'am. <laughs> true. Nobody is old enough to be called ma'am. Um, and I think she like gives him some beef for you know says the be a man. I can't remember what what she says it to him for. If it's because of the ma'am comment or what? I think it's because he's wishy washy about something. If I remember correctly, I could go back um but yeah like he's just he's just indecisive i think that was one of the things that annoyed her is that like he was like oh, i don't really know like you know so I, I maybe it was that yeah that sounds right i just i brought it up because i feel like people like keep telling him to be more manly like throughout the series like man up mm-hmm. and he's a very you know quiet timid kid right and that's uh, also like when when people use that phrase, like I think we have to start like getting away from that kind of like toxic ish, <laughs> you know, like just because you're not, and, yeah. and it goes to show you that you don't like uh, like your version of a man. I mean, this kid, he's who is a kid, is saving lives for people, you know. So it's not uh, your typical quote unquote man, but he's doing his duty, and you know, I I, but you're right. They they do keep like kind of push this agenda on him, and it's not who he is. But he wants to do everything he can to impress them and and to do what they want him to do, like any kid does. Yeah, and it's not that he's not manly; he's just not manly in the typical conventional way, like, right? Yeah, conventional that you normally think of. He's a more he has a more modern sense of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like she's it, it is. She was offended that he just he couldn't make a decision on what he wanted to eat, even you know, and just and and she's just such a you can tell she just flies and makes decisions and is is you know very lax about certain things. And Shinji is not. He's a thinker. He's a you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he's a philosopher. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a deep deep kid. Um, but she says, you know, tells him to take a bath and she says it's the washing machine of life. <laughs> Which I think is a great line. Yeah, I want that I want that in my bathroom. I want <laughs> <laughs> like what is what's the like stitching thing, you know? We can put designs in it's like in a circle sometimes, you know, that fine you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. There's like those cross cutting machines that are yeah. where you cross can stitch. write it out. Yeah, you can write it out and then it'll like create like a little laminate thing that you could like just put on your wall you know like like a mm-hmm. sticker almost. like something my grandma made i wanted to say <laughs> the washing machine of life <laughs> <laughs> oh oh like old school cross yeah old gotcha. actual okay yeah mm-hmm. i got it yep yep needle uh, points i believe yeah. is what they call that um but then we get introduced to possibly the most inca- important character in the entire series uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is pen pen <laughs> 
<laughs> Which he's alluded to when Shinji asked about the second refrigerator. Because he's like, why do you have two refrigerators? <laughs> like, oh, well. Oh. And, you know, instead of saying, like, what he is, she just kind of, like, blows it off. And then all of a sudden, oops. Yeah, she's like, oh, don't wake the sleeper. Don't don't open that one. <laughs> right, right, right. Very evasive about what was actually going on in the freezer. <laughs> And then he walks out, and she's like, oh, him? <laughs> oh, I didn't mention him before? Yeah, he's a new hot spring penguin. Duh. <laughs> but he is adorbs, and the comic relief for the show, which I appreciate. Yeah. I mean, this this penguin has a cool little backpack on, and he's got a towel wrapped around him. <laughs> and... You know, she, she refers to him as his roomie. And when he opens his door to his fridge thing, he gives Shinji a glare that yep. could kill an army. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who do you think you are, dude? Yeah. <laughs> like, step back. Right. Yeah, but his little backpack, he's got the little red mohawk working. It's, it's, it's he's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And then we get, like, a sitcom like dick scene where, or like all Austin Powers scene you know where he, she like pulls back the can yep. and there's another smaller can behind it <laughs> <laughs> yep you gotta, gotta keep the people interested mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's also yeah like that you know like that threes company type of humor where like oh the new roommate's getting into it <laughs> uh, and then we get you know Shinji's in the bath and he's thinking and he's like oh you know, I tend to remember bad things when I'm in the bath. Like, okay, emo, or Shinji, can you not be emo for like two seconds? <laughs> He's in, in the washing the machine of life. This is where this stuff goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sato's like, you know, am I laying it on too thick? He might see right through it. Mm. What do you make of that? Uh, I, you know, it's it's hard sometimes because I think the interpretation in languages, like the, because we're we're you know translating it into English, there might be different meanings. But like maybe she thinks, is this too much for a kid who's never had anything? You know, should I be a little, you know, back off a little bit, give him his space, like not be so in his face? At least that's kind of what I think about it. Yeah. Um, you never really know, it just because, like I said, there there could be a language thing there, but. I I really think that that's what she means by that. Like, am I, am I, am I coming too hard at this kid? Like, you know, I want him to trust me, but I don't want him to like, you know, just fall in a hole by yeah, overwhelm him. Right. With your, you know, your like family aura that mm-hmm. you're kind of, you know, giving off now. Right. Yeah. We switched to a, you know, contrasting scene where we have Gendo and Rizko, um, in this big room, probably in Nerf, where we have, uh, looks like an Ava, uh, labeled zero with like a huge, like stick sticking out of its back. Mm-hmm. And Gendo and Ritsuko are talking about Ray, you know, and he's like, you know, how's, how was she? And he's like, oh, she'll recover in 20 days or so. Um, and I think Gendo says, she says something about no one else can pilot the Avas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wrote in my notes with just the letter. Why, though? 
it's it's an excellent question, one that we don't have an answer to yet. And no, yeah, but it's confirmed now, though that that it has to be. Yeah, there, there is no question. Yeah, and also, uh, Unit Zero is. Uh, I mean, other than it being immobile, it's frozen, punching the wall of the the room that they're in. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. an ominously orange, weird color. Yeah, and you're like, mm, what's going on down there? Why'd you have to go to this creepy place to talk about this? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, where are you? How come? And do any does anybody else know about this joint? Is this just like where you guys come to like have your secret meetings? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you just want to like, you just want like the you know the vibe of this dark room to talk about dark <laughs> right. stuff, right? Um, but but Labco uh, expresses concern about these kids. Like the first time anyone other than Masato seems to really care at all. And up until this point, she hasn't really seemed to. She's just kind of thought of them as another, you know, piece in, in this in this project. But she does. She mentions to Gloves that, you know, the 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 kids like what about the kids and he seems completely unaffected by it Mm -hmm. which just is kind of his mo (laughs) seems like yeah do you question for you i'm not sure if you know it when we saw ray in the first episode and she had her plug suit i know she was bandaged up do you know if she had a zero on the plug suit Hmm. You know, I don't know. I, I honestly don't remember. I remember an eye being bandaged, an arm being bandaged. You know, she's hooked up to a lot of stuff, but I don't remember if there was anything on her suit. Well, I don't think it's much of a spoiler to say that Unit Zero is the one that Ray pilots most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that the, Gendo and Ritsuko being in the room with Unit Zero makes you think that, you know, something went wrong with the unit and Ray. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a connection that we can not unreasonably make. Right. 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 She's all banged up. The Ava's in the shop. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an easy. Something's not adding up here. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> um, and then we get, uh, you know, Misato and Risco are on the phone. They're talking about what's going on. Just like a nice little, like womanly chit chat, you know, <laughs> Um, you know, and she's like, we said, I was like, oh, we defeated the angel, but I should be happier. But she's not. Hmm. Hmm. Wonder why. why. Yeah. And like, if you think Misato's not happier, we cut the Shinji. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Who's never happy. (laughs) It doesn't seem like it. No, no. And he's in his bed. He's like, ah, another ceiling. I don't know. (laughs) Yep. But this time he's listening to tunes, which I guess is is an upgrade from his last waking up situation. I always wonder what he's listening to on those headphones. Another question. Uh, not to not to spoil it, but that might be a piece of information that I might have stored for later. Well, uh, again, looking forward to what the answer may be, because it's a question that I'm sure I wasn't the only one asking. So, um, yeah, so a little nugget for the future. Look forward nice. to it. I, it is funny to think about how it's the year 2015 and he's listening to a, a cassette, cassette player. player. I know that is pretty, pretty. 
be great. But I mean, it is again, like I said, I think a lot of the influence of the eighties, you know, and, and not knowing where the technology was and how quickly technology did move and like tapes phased out to CDs and then CDs phased out and all that stuff. So like, you know, you can never predict what's going to happen. That Yeah. That I mean, the like, future, but yeah, it's- record players and vinyl have like a, you know, have, have come back. as like a popular form of listening to music, you know? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. My friend and I were on a run the other day and we were uh, I happened to look down and I saw the face of a tape and I was like, is that a tape? <laughs> so I like, took a picture of it. I'm like, it's almost like a fossil. These in artifact days. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was like a saber tooth tiger tooth. <laughs> you don't find a lot of them these days, but I guess broken up the street makes kind of a lot of sense. But <laughs> yeah. So while Shinji's laying down, you know, having his little emo vibe, he kind of has like uh, flashbacks to what happened, or he starts to get his memory back of what happened when he was in the Ava. Mm -hmm. And so then we finally get to see what happened. And so after he gets pummeled against the wall, um, he says that Unit 1 is like shut down and that the, the shutdown signal was rejected. Um, and he says, like, you know, pilot rescue is top priority. And uh, I think the girl, the short haired girl, I think her name's Maya, who works her nerve. She's like, it's not responsive. <laughs> <laughs> she's like on the bridge, like one of those bridge workers, that, like mm-hmm. Star Trek The Next Generation, where, you know, they have those one liners. Yeah, that's her. And then the Ava, it's I turns on, its mouth opens, and they're like, the Ava has reactivated. <laughs> impossible <laughs> I, I yeah and and it is kind of impossible like wait a minute i mean the last we knew i mean we know shinji's okay but like we don't know how and now all of a sudden here we go we're gonna find out here's where it happened yeah and even risco is like it's gone berserk and she looks scared you know she's like top scientist you know you should when That's anyone the- <laughs> and, and in my notes, I have the word berserk with stars next to it. Like when you use the word berserk, you know, you've got a problem on your hands or that something's yeah. going cray. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, oh, snap. What is happening? Because, I mean, presumably it's a it should just be unoperationable, you know, just right. like a like a toaster you unplugged. You know, it's not going to just turn on randomly. Mm-hmm. But here it is like roaring like a like an animal mm-hmm. and it doesn't like it doesn't what i love about them is that they don't move like robots they move fluidly like you know like a organic being would yep you know even just, even like, some of the animation where it's it the where how its limbs move and you know its joints move and you know it, it flexes its feet and uses its hands so yeah it, it's it's very dexterous much more mm-hmm. so than the last time we saw it yeah and so it the Ava hops on the angel and it hops off turns around looks him and Futsuki and Gendo are next to each other and Futsuki's like we've won <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just so confident he's like yeah it's over <laughs> battles in the bag it's like he just let go of his bowling ball and he turned around before he even hit the pins because he knew it was a strike <laughs> <laughs> that mic drop moment yeah. <laughs> um, so then the Ava runs up against the, the angel but he gets pushed back by 
uh, AT field. Finally, we get to see the AT field. Um, and, you know, they're like, oh, it's no use as long as that's up. But then the unit heals its arm like a boss. Yep. And then makes its own AT field and just like tears the other one apart. Yeah, like I think at one point they say like, oh, it's it's something like they thought that the, the, the Angels AT field was affecting the Ava, but it was the other way around. So they're like, wait a minute. No, it's creating its own that's like tearing through this. It was it was almost like the exact like a switch flipped. And like it was the exact opposite of what we had seen in the opening scene where G unit was getting the crap kicked out of it. So yeah. now like the tables have turned and it's it's crazy because you know we saw blood spurting out of it we saw you know him getting wrecked and now all of a sudden he's dominating over this thing mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of i think a good way to think about it is like two opposing forces that uh cancel each other out when they're put in opposition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so he's just able to you know tear through that thing like a like saran wrap <laughs> yep um and then after that, after he tears through, I'm watching it right now. So uh, let's see, what, what do we got here? He gets hit with a beam. We get another big cross explosion. Yeah, the, the cross is a, is a theme, too, is, is something that seems to be. Ha- we've seen that once before. Um, and we're going to it's something that you're going to see quite a bit, that imagery. Mm hmm. Yeah. So he kicks it away. Um, and I think. What I like to note is that it, the Ava grabs the angel's arms, both of its arms, with one hand and snaps them both with ease. Right. Whereas the angel struggled for a moment to break one of the Ava's arms earlier. True. True. Yep. So right here we have this, you know, we're getting an idea of the strength that the Ava actually possesses. Totes. And then, yeah. you know, takes, rips its ribs off and starts attacking it, attacking the big orb thing in it like it's, you know, a monster. Right. And it's almost like he knows where to 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 direct all the energy and all of its force. Like, he, he has a very purposeful, like, just bashing this thing, like, to totally, you know, annihilate it. Mm-hmm. And the angel's like, uh-uh, he ain't getting it up, one up on me. And self-destructs itself. Yep. In a big, yep. glorious green cross-shaped explosion. <laughs> yes. Into a giant, yet again, cross. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they're like, what happened to Ava? And then we get this badass shot of the Ava just, like, walking out of the explosion. Like unfazed. Terminator style. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And everybody's, like, all mouths agape, like, just can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Except for Gendo, who just has this smart-ass-looking smirk on his face. Yeah, yet again, here we are with Gendo thinking that his it seems like everything has come to fruition. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm, ah, my favorite show. <laughs> he's just watching it happen. It's like he's watching reruns of his favorite football game. Like, he knows what's going to happen, but he still likes to see it. <laughs> wait for it, wait for it. There it is. <laughs> And then we, after that, we cut. We got Shinji um, in the Ava post battle, in the still in the entry plug, and it's standing next to a building. And he looks over at the reflection because the head armor fell off, mm-hmm. and he's looking at this head that's like 
I don't know. How would you describe it? It's not robot looking. <laughs> it, no. It, it, it looks. It, uh, it, it's almost like reptilian in the beginning, you know, almost mm-hmm. like a uh, like a tadpole type. Thing. I don't know. It was very weird, and and like like it kept flashing back and forth into this like trippy. I don't know. It was very very strange. And then we see this eye just like regenerate out of nothing. This big green eye, and it just stares right back at Shinji through the reflection. Yep, and then out right. Uh no, mm. and then we get more. And then we're back to like present day with Shinji in his bed. So like right. we finish we finish remembering everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in bed and he's it looks like he's sweating, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Misato comes in to kind of like comfort him, you know, just kind of give him some some praise, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he just he doesn't blink an eye he doesn't move like it everything she's saying is just not registering with him because he is so like distraught over the things that he's just remembered mm-hmm. and then and it's, it's black yeah and it's it's understandable i mean he because sometimes in order to protect things you have to destroy things you know and 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 i think that's what his internal struggle is like you know he has to destroy something ultimately kill it to save other people and that's that's a hard thing to rationalize in your mind especially as a kid keep in mind again we're talking about a 14 year old here um and so like anybody that that has to you know think about that or or you know had to protect themselves at some point from something and and something bad happened like you're, you're conflicted by that because it's it's for the greater good but in the in the short term it's it's tough to deal with yeah for sure i mean and also i mean we're you know thinking he's in a robot and we just saw an eye formed mm-hmm. and I remember when i watched this through the first time i like i i just i don't know why that i went right past that scene and i didn't think anything of it but now I'll, you know thinking i'm like well you know, is it, what is it, you know, is it a robot? Is it something else? What's, you know, what's going on? Right. Because the eye itself looks like it's got like, you know, tendons and like human like qualities in it, you know, like it, it, like yeah. and, but it's, it, it, but it's whole features are still robot like. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's strange. Yeah. So I think going forward, uh, things to think about worth noting or again, you know, what are the Ava's, uh, we were the human instrumentality project was mentioned, which is something that will come up again, which is good to start thinking about now. And I feel like there was one more thing that I thought was notable. Well, uh, the the name of the angel in this episode. Um, oh yes. So uh, the name of the angel is Satchel. Satchel, I believe, is how you pronounce yeah. it. Correct. I like Satchel. That chill, yes. Um, so again, we're going back to a lot of um, religious references here. Um, so when uh, when you look into the name, it's uh, Christian. It comes more from Christianity, and uh, the meaning is covering of God, the covering of God. So it's kind of interesting that that's the first one that we see and that's what its name represents um also fun fact that it is most uh attributed to the sign of sagittarius 
Mm. Yeah. Just any Sagittarii out there. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go self-destructing. This is your this is your angel. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's like and and you know, the way that it looks and and one of the things that struck me in the beginning too um and even after watching it another time was it, it sort of almost looked human like and it's you know like arms and legs and uh you know obviously in a, in a very weird yeah. form yeah but it does have a definitely has a humanoid sort of right right yeah. which which again goes back to kind of what we talked about the last episode with the the conflicting you know our view of what a, a quote-unquote angel is and what it's being represented as in the show and you know to make that decision distinction that this is like that yes it's a reference but it's not what you think it is <laughs> or it's just not it's just someone else's interpretation of what that is yeah but yeah no this one's definitely one of my favorites um there will be more angels i don't think that's really a spoiler to say this isn't the only one and they each have a specific name but they don't get listed until later on um but i definitely think it's cool to talk about their names as we see them yeah, absolutely. And and because they do, they have cool designs. And, you know, one of the things that we'd like feedback for is, you know, as we go through these, um, because it is in, it, there are a few and you can let us know what your favorites are and um, the reasoning behind what you like, uh, what you don't like. Uh, any feedback would be great. I, as we go through, I know Nick and I have a, a list of of our favorites, and when we get to those, we'll we'll let you know. But in the meantime, if there's you know any comments or or anything you want to make on this current angel, uh, we'd be happy to hear it. Yeah, so you know you can send your questions, comments on angels or anything else again to our email, which is fullimpactpodcast at gmail.com um also if you're listening you know give us a review give us a rating or a like or a follow i'm not really sure how spotify works but i know you'll figure it out well what works even better is in real life if you uh are listening to the podcast please mention it to your friends and to their friends and to their friends so that uh we can get uh, as many people listening as possible yeah i mean we are fans of nge you know, making stuff for other fans of NGE. So, correct. And if you're just fan a fan of this genre per se, it's also a good way to get into something new and and you know, listen to a, a conversation and in a, a different way of interpreting things. Or at least we think so, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, if you liked uh, what you heard tonight, then join us next Friday where we cover episode three, uh, where the title, first title, is a transfer, and the other title is the phone that doesn't ring. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> thoughts, thoughts. Can't thoughts, wait. Thoughts. All right. Well, until next time. Until next time. Bye.